powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. What time is it? Oh my goodness, we are nine minutes from midnight right now on this lovely 9 p.m. game. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg, everyone. It has been a while, 11 days, uh, since the Jets last played, to be exact. We had, um, you know, no, no shortage of stuff happening in those 11 days, of course, Um but this is the first game we've had back in a while. So we're here. Nick says, let's see a list live from the bar edition of the stream tonight. That's not what you're getting. It's Saturday. That means one of the few days in the week when I get to have a little bit of time. I think I had a couple hours this morning where I was able to do some laundry and things like that. But tonight was a fantastic night for people to go out to the Jets game and have a wonderful time and celebrate, obviously, the South Asian Heritage Night. And also, we don't often get those 9 p.m. home games, and that's rightfully for a good reason. Not a fan of this 9 p.m. start. It felt way later than a regular West Coast (laughs) game. Like, those 9 p.m. starts, I feel like they don't really bother me that much. I'm like, the odd time, like, it's cool if it's a road trip for a little bit. Um, All those kinds of things. Like, it doesn't bother me. But tonight felt egregiously late. Like, I feel like I'm about to... I don't even know. Like, I am sleepy. But there's much to talk about in this game tonight. Three win... a uh, 3-1 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. 4-1, pardon me, pardon me, that empty net goal at the end. Don't want to, uh, you know, take away from Blake Wheeler's accomplishments this fine evening. So 4-1 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. That's a sweep on the season series. A 4 nothing for the Winnipeg Jets against a horrendous Chicago Blackhawks team. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about it. Before we do so, I'm just going to roll a quick ad from our great friends over at Sports Interaction. Excellent. Well, thank you um, past me for sharing that message from our wonderful friends. Wonder if anyone placed any bets on tonight. A lot of teams have had some struggles in their first games back from the All-Star break. Obviously, they staggered it a little bit. Some teams like the Jets played right up until the break, while others had some time off and have been playing. before the break and then um, had a couple of games earlier this week and whatnot. So first game back, all things considered, Happy with the energy I saw from the Jets, especially right out the gate. I thought that early on, they were not too shabby. You know, sometimes the Winnipeg Jets have a history of having some rougher starts. And tonight, I was expecting that more so than, you know, ever in other games because of the 11 days leading up to it. But I thought they were pretty quick to start off. And again, always need to uh, start with the disclaimer that this was the Chicago Blackhawks. We know that this is not a very good hockey team. That being said... It's very easy to defeat yourself when you have things going against you. And the Winnipeg Jets tonight, they could have easily gone with the excuse of, oh, just had to get our legs under us and all those kinds of things when you're, you know, fresh out the gate after a long break. But I thought the energy was pretty good right off at uh, the beginning. It can was consistent all the way through. Um, so I want to start by looking at a comment here in the jet or in the chat here from David. He says, what a game for the Jets. After over a week off, they came out hard and joined among Canadian teams whose game started Saturday Central Time. The Flames, 7-2. Um, the Habs, 4-3 in overtime. And Oilers, 6-3 um, with wins. So yeah, it's fantastic to catch that win. This one puts the Jets, I believe, only three points behind the Dallas Stars. 
So top of the central is not, you know, it's still within range and every day the Jets are working towards that because it's, it's very possible. And I think in the next month or so, we're definitely going to see a lot of really interesting moves from teams to see who's really going to, you know, push to, to gain those tops of the division spots. And the Winnipeg Jets are in fantastic position to do so. So that'll definitely be something that we'll be chatting about much throughout the course of the next couple of game overs as the Winnipeg Jets get closer to making some trades. Um, you know, tonight in particular, obviously the Jacob Chikrin one has been a uh, talking point amongst many teams in the league. The fact that the Arizona Coyotes put out a PR statement that said that Jacob Chikrin was a healthy scratch tonight due to trade-related reasons is pretty wild in my opinion, but I think it's a ton of fun. Can't wait to see where he goes heard that you know like the Leafs and Edmonton and all those guys are pretty high up on bidding which is uh, I don't want him to go there because I think Jacob Chikrin's a good player and I don't want him to go to the two teams I hate most in the entire NHL but I know that that deal um is it, it's coming it's imminent and it'll be interesting to see where that goes and hopefully a lot of other deals follow suit but that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. We are here to talk about this 4-1 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. So I had a couple of things that I wanted to sort of point out about this game in particular. Um, and uh, I also want to know what those of you who are in the chat have to say. I see that we got a few people watching tonight. And I wanted to thank you in advance for being here. Make sure you know, like the stream, subscribe to the channel and all those good things. I know it's late. For those of you listening back tomorrow morning, you're probably smarter than some of us are for getting that sleep. Very excited about the Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be this morning event of the day, that's for sure. I'll make sure after this I get some shut-eye and then I'll be all firing on all cylinders to get to that Super Bowl tomorrow. So very, very excited. <laughs> Top line Mina says, Jacob Chikrin, you are an LA King. Couldn't agree more. And I love that fit. I think that could be a ton of fun. And I hope that works out. Also because I don't find the LA Kings as despicable as the Oilers and Leafs. But maybe that's just me holding a little bit of a grudge over the teams that I hate. So let's talk a little bit about this game that we saw this very evening. I thought that, you know, like I was saying, the energy was good out the gate, but that crispness and that, you know, those overpassing, all those things, they were on full display. You know, we know that this team knows how to overpass the puck, if anything else. And we also know that sometimes when this team is a little bit tired or when they're, you know, playing with different lines, that crispness of their passes and their and their skating and stuff like that, it it's not up to where they want it to be and that can make for things being a little frustrating to watch and also can lead to more unnecessary turnovers and all kinds of fun things like that so I thought that right out the gate obviously like the energy was good but there was some stuff like you know there was a lot of scrambling going on and um it was just kind of interesting that continued with a lot of players into the evening particularly the top line and the top pairing uh I thought that Morrissey and Pionk didn't have the greatest night as a pairing uh and I find that I, I find myself saying that quite frequently um Pionk and X don't have the greatest evenings I thought Josh Morrissey was fine um but I thought that there were a couple moments where the two of them as a pairing weren't great and not that I need to fault any one player in particular, but I'll take a sip of water and be quiet for a second and let you connect the dots. So on that note, those particular pairings, I know they played a little bit together, that top line and that first pairing this evening. And when that first line is on the ice, if they don't have possession of the puck, if they don't win a face-off, if they don't break out cleanly because of something the defenseman did, they struggle. They struggle in their own zone. And that top line being Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Trifley, and Blake Wheeler. And I thought that tonight was no exception in the sense that when they were in their own zone, they weren't able to, you know, get that possession and maintain that possession as well as you might want them to, which isn't great when you're playing against the likes of the Chicago Blackhawks, whose top scorer is 
max domi or something ridiculous like that right so when you have you know these these really strong teams out there it can be understandable if your strong players who and we we know that most you know elite scoring players aren't always the best defensively and it is what it is so you know that that's bound to happen but against the Chicago Blackhawks like that can't be happening as much as it was this evening um so that was one particular area of note that I I wasn't wasn't thrilled about I thought that all three of those players had kind of interesting games I need to shout out that Mark Shifley goal that snipe that was so hilarious Nikolai Ehlers did not get his man on that pass and it ended up on Blake Wheeler's stick and he just positioned that so perfectly for Mark Shifley to rip that home I don't think anyone really knew what was going on when that happened it was hilarious it was a great goal it was a lot of fun and that was probably that was my second favorite goal of the evening because I have to shout out the Josh Morrissey backhand are you joking that was ridiculous that was so so much fun so a couple of things that I want to talk about in particular, uh, penalties. Let's talk a little bit about that. So for those of you who are in the chat, I got two questions for you. So I want to talk about the Tyler Johnson penalty. I want to talk about the Lafferty penalty. So, um, oh, I want to see Toronto getting a chicken for, is better for the Jets than LA. Because um, we don't want chicken in the division or in the conference, pardon me. I get it, but I hate the Leafs and I don't want them to be good. So um, don't worry about me. <laughs> Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the Tyler Johnson penalty on Dylan Sandberg. That one, I don't think I call as a penalty. And then I know the Lafferty one on Nate Schmidt, that was that uh, high stick that drew blood, ended up being a double minor, and the Jets were able to score, I believe, on that power play, if not one that came shortly after. And that one was a little bit controversial. I saw some people on Twitter talking a little bit about the specifics of the goal. Um it's a penalty, or not the penalty. To me, it's a penalty. Um, so this one in particular is Sam Lafferty's got the puck. Nate Schmidt's kind of in front of him. They're pushing. And Lafferty high sticks Nate Schmidt in the face. Now, a lot of people are saying, no, that is not a penalty because it's a follow-through of the shot. But if you watch where the puck is, it wasn't a shot. And it's not even that he fanned on it. When the stick was released... Like, he wasn't in a shooting motion. Like, he, he didn't he didn't think that he was shooting the puck on net. That's not a shot to me. Therefore, that's not a follow-through. And that's a fine thing to consider a penalty. I know a lot of people were a little bit up in arms about that. But I, I'm okay with that being a penalty call. I'm glad that Nate Schmidt is all right. And I never, ever want to associate injury on a play with the way you call. Because uh, you need to call the rule book. You can't let injuries skew the way you call something. Because... Sometimes players get hurt um, in situations where no one's at fault, and other times players can can do things that are absolute near misses, and we luck out that no one gets hurt, but they need to be punished accordingly. That's a situation where I'm fine with the call that was on the ice. They did the right thing by making the max call and going back and reviewing it, because as we know, they can't go back and add more, so they were right to do so. Take a look. I am in agreement with that call. The Tyler Johnson trip on Dylan Sandberg, I didn't think was a trip. That one I thought was a little bit of a wishy-washy call, but I don't know. For those of you who are in the chat right now, I'm curious. Of those two penalties, did you think they were both the right call? Did you think neither of them should have been called? I don't know. It was interesting, and I thought it was a notable thing that we could discuss a little bit on this live broadcast for those of you who are night owls like me. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, those penalties lead to power plays. So we saw today in Morning Skate, we know what the lines are for um, power plays. Nick Ehlers is back on the second unit. Adam Lowry is off of the power play for the first time in who knows how many years. I think it's the right call, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so the first power play of the game goes to the Jets, and it's the weird four-on-four. Four, they get the call, five-on-four situation. They had a five-on-three for a little bit, all these kinds of things. 
Um, and Nick Ehlers isn't on the ice. I am struggling with the Winnipeg Jets power play right now. I believe going into this game, they were something like 16th in the league. I never put too much stock in different stats like that. But that being said, with where the Winnipeg Jets are at right now, they consider themselves to be a team that is going for it, a contender. They want to be fighting for top spot in their division every single day, all these kinds of things. If you want to be a top team, if you want to be considered in that upper echelon of those elite teams, you need to be able to essentially score at will on your power play. So you want to talk about some of those elite teams, Tampa Bay, Toronto, like these teams over the course of the past couple of years that are, are strong. Edmonton, of course, is a very notable one there as well. Carolina, Boston right now. These teams, every time they go on the ice, you need to be very, very scared to take a penalty against them because there is a very strong chance that they score on the power play. Right now, I'm not scared of the Winnipeg Jets power play. It's kind of static. It's kind of predictable. The shooting threats aren't as threatening as they used to be. There are all kinds of things that I'm just kind of struggling with in this power play in particular right now. And it's the kind of thing, again, they they scored on the power play tonight. Great. Good for them. That That's awesome. And they've scored on the power play before, and that's fine. But... If you want to be that elite team that the Jets think that they are and that they want to be, that's something that needs to improve drastically because that needs to be part of your competitive advantage. And if you have all these elite players, you look at who they have on their first penalty, or pardon me, power play. You got Shifley, you got Connor, you got Dubois, you got Morse, you got some of the best guys in the NHL on that first power play unit. They need to be scoring at will. Like, that's just the way it has to be if they want to continue to see success. You need to be able to capitalize on those situations, especially... As the season gets, um, you know, as it winds down a little bit and teams are playing more desperate and all those kinds of things. And if the Winnipeg Jets want to be a stronger possession team, which we know that they do, that's what happens to stronger possession teams is that they get more power play chances because teams are chasing them so much. And what happens when you're chasing a team is you end up getting penalties. We saw a perfect example of that is the Neil Pionk penalty tonight. He was chasing Andreas Athanasiu, right? Like, And that happens over the course of 60 minutes for some of these teams as we get further into the season with these better and worse teams playing against each other. So knowing that as a stronger team, you are going to have more chances on the power play, they need to be doing better. They just do. So that's kind of a frustration. And it was a frustration for me leading up into the All-Star break. Um, I, I n- Nothing changed for me tonight. Um, I don't like... And Nick says... I don't like running an umbrella on the five on three, and I definitely agree. Um, and he says, speaking of power plays, how terrifying would a power play with Eric Carlson and McDry be? Agreed. Uh, I know that the Oilers were in on Chikrin, but it's kind of sounding like maybe they're going all in on Eric Carlson now, which would be kind of terrifying. I don't know how they're going to make that cap work, but we'll see. All that is to say... Back to the power play. That first unit, Nikolai Ehlers is no longer on it. Blake Wheeler is back on. I don't hate Blake Wheeler on the power play. Like, there are a lot of different... I have a lot of emotions. And I'm cool with Nikolai Ehlers not being on the five-on-three. Because, to me, the biggest competitive advantage with Nikolai Ehlers is keeping him for when he you're, he's needed for his zone entries. Obviously, he can shoot, he can pass, all those important things. But you need him for zone entries on the power play. And you should not be needing a guy for zone entries on a five on three. If you need to be actually going into the zone more than like one single time on the five on three, your five on three sucks and it's beyond repair that what just one guy with zone entries can do for you. So I was fine with that because it's a little bit more stationary. That's just how five on threes work. Agreed with Nick that I don't love the umbrella. Just it it needs some work. Obviously, we saw they had the entire the entirety of a, of a four minute power play and they had that unit out there for the entire thing. And it was boring and it wasn't great. Um, 
I, I don't know. I'm struggling with it. It'll be interesting to see. I know my dad and I were talking about this a bit before, and he made a good point that um, Nikolai Ehlers prefers to be in the spot that Mark Scheifele is in on the first power play unit, and, you know, that, that might not be the play for the Jets. They might not want to put, you know, someone like Mark Scheifele in a different spot or on a second unit or anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see, test the waters a little bit, but that all that is to say this power play needs to improve drastically if this team wants to, you know, actually earn their spot at the top of the central. So that was one particular spot that I thought was of note today. Um, I don't know. It'll, they, they need to be able to score more. And that's, is that insightful? Is that some really great analysis from me? No, not really. But you know what? That's okay. It's just the way that it is. Like we said, like Nick said about the, you know, Dry Settle and McDavid and all those kinds of things. The best teams have power play units that are just crazy threatening, and the Jets just don't have that right now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of the defensemen tonight, too. Um, a little bit about just the injury scares that we had this evening, particularly Josh Morrissey, Nate Schmidt, and Dylan Sandberg. All had moments of just writhing pain down on the ice couple of pucks to the head, another puck to the groin. Like, are we joking with this team? Blake Wheeler having two of those in the last two seasons, and now Dylan Sandberg. The one thing about the puck to the groin that's usually okay, touch wood, is that often it's just that momentary, like, oh God, like pain. Other times you rupture your testicle, like Blake Wheeler did. That's wild. Never heard of that injury in hockey until that happened to him. But Dylan Sandberg came back out and played the rest of the game after that, so I feel better about that situation than I did when he initially went down. That was scary. You don't like when you see players just, like, almost, like, convulsing like that on the ice. Like, he was in pain, and grown men don't do that usually. Like, they... So that that was a spooky one for sure to see that. And then obviously the the whole penalty with Sam Lafferty on, on Nate Schmidt and that stick up to the face, that was scary too. You never know where those sticks end up, especially if it's the blade, the shaft, you don't really know what part of the face that's going to hit. Looks like he's okay. Again, came out, played a lot of the rest of the game, so that's great. Josh Morrissey got that, what was it, a puck to the ear or something? And don't talk to Jets fans about pucks to the ear because oh, flashbacks to our special boy Brian Little oh my gosh that career-ending injury was just so heartbreaking so it was great to see all those players come back onto the ice after those moments of of, you know those scary moments tonight but I don't know I was just I the defenseman tonight there there was a lot going on back there Uh, I believe the game ended with the Chicago Blackhawks out shooting the Winnipeg Jets, which I found kind of surprising based on the trajectory of the game that I was kind of observing. That's why I don't always put too much stock into to shots because I thought that the, the Jets controlled a better portion of that game tonight. Um, I want to talk about sports too. So Cole Perfetti in particular, um, during the broadcast tonight, they were talking about some of the Jets players who are, you know, favorites for some major awards in the NHL. And they talked particularly about Bonus, Morrissey, and da da da. Um, sorry, I'm trying to read the comments on my phone at the same time. And I'm just like, my thoughts, guys, I'm exhausted. I am, this is, this is late for me. I like to sleep 10 hours to 12 hours a night if I can. Usually I get six, but I'd like to sleep 12 hours if I can. Um, But we got the Super Bowl tomorrow and I got lots of things to do. So that's not going to happen tonight. Um, All that's to say, the broadcast was talking a little bit about um, the major awards. So uh, Rick Bonus, Connor Hellbuck, and Josh Morrissey being some of the notable ones that they think are in contention for some major awards in their own categories. I understand like with the, you know, graphics and all this, that, whatever, that they only had three up there. I think of those three, um, Rick Bonus 
does and should have the highest chance of winning their particular award. I think with the way that Linus Olmark is playing this year and a couple other goalies like Sorokin really coming up and and having good seasons and all that kind of stuff, and also just Connor Hellebuck went... I don't know. It's frustrating because now that the Jets are good again, people are like, oh, that means Connor Hellebuck is good again. It's like, no, he was always good. Um, and Josh Morrissey, it's it's hard when it's defenseman and also when Eric Carlson exists and is scoring at the pace that he's scoring right now. And also Rasmus Dahlin is having an amazing year. And Adam Fox is quietly unreal. Like, I can't, I could talk for hours about Adam Fox, for real. All that is to say, I think I've said that phrase about a million times tonight, but that's okay. I think Colt Reddy has a better chance than a lot of those guys at winning his particular award. Um, Matty Beneers is far and away the best candidate for the Calder, but unfortunately he's facing some injury issues right now and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the Calder race, the fact that Dylan Sandberg is top 10 in voting in some like legitimate ballots and stuff like that shows that this race isn't like overly competitive this year. And that's not me trying to shit on Dylan Sandberg at all. Like I think Dylan Sandberg has had a, quietly quite a good year as well. But in a regular year, like, that's not a player that's being considered for the for the Calder. Not that he's being considered, actually, but you know what I mean. Cole Perfetti, I thought, had a good game to start at the beginning. Um, I, I think they sh- sort of shortened the bench a little bit later in the evening. Um, I, I noticed him a little bit less at the end, which I hate. But when this team figures out Cole Perfetti, man, oh, man, it's going to be fantastic. I thought he was quite good tonight. Um, he's getting a lot better in some of those, like, in tight battles and all those kinds of things that I will never, ever, ever buy into the old man hockey rhetoric. But, like, he was a l- struggling a little bit with some of those board battles if he didn't have the right stick positioning, just because his the, his laying of the body in those particular situations is not quite at the level of some other players. Not that it needs to be, um, but I find that he's getting a lot more um, efficient and successful in some of those situations, and also just his puck placement is ridiculously good. So I love him with Dubois and Connor, and I love Ehlers and Shifley and Timo Meyer together, so I... <laughs> have a lot of faith in in our top six and their potential um I would just like to see more of that kind of chemistry be created with those teams and um Cole Brevetti kind of getting more confidence in his ability and willingness to sort of pass those pucks and make all those plays I like Pierre-Luc Dubois in particular I noticed tonight was like he he was shooting a lot more like his particular his far out wrist shots I noticed a lot more tonight than in than in previous games like I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that needs to be figured out from this team you know how they gel and all these different kinds of things so I'm really interested to see kind of how the Jets choose to move in a strategic direction in the the next what do we have 28 high 20s of games left right like the season is nearing its close obviously trade deadline coming up teams are really honing in on a direction so as teams hone in on a direction they look to see what their advantage is going to be in a lot of areas and for a lot of teams that means sort of solidifying what they want to run with as their lines so I'm really interested to see what the Jets kind of go with are they going to continue with this particular lineup they have right now because I like it I don't think that this team looks the exact same a month from now because I think that they're going to make Hopefully, a big splash of a move, and if not um, that, several tertiary moves to, like, make this team a little bit better, shore them up a bit. They need some talent in their top six. They just do. Um, but I also want to see some some interesting subliminal moves as well. And as we wrap up the show in a few minutes, we can talk a little bit about that as well. But I am very interested to see 
what they want to run with in their top six and which player they boot out because as the way that it looks kind of when they shorten the bench like that at the end and all those kinds of things it makes me think that Cole Perfetti is the guy who gets knocked down to the bottom six which I disagree with wholeheartedly especially with the way line matching works in the playoffs I don't think that Cole Perfetti's talents are best used trying to defend the top line of any Western Conference team that the Jets face in the playoffs I think that's a ridiculous way to use that player so it'll be interesting to see what they do um, with those lines and who they bring in and how that all fits together but only time will tell I think that kind of wraps up the general gist of my thoughts tonight um to sort of circle back to the beginning I liked the energy I thought there was a lot of good in that capacity tonight because one of my big plagues with the Jets this year has been their slow starts to the games and it really sets the tone early on if you're getting hemmed in a lot and all those kinds of things not to say that they weren't getting hemmed in in some capacities because they were because they were if you want to go look at money puck or something and look at the the expected goals against certain pairings and lines it'll be pretty conducive to your eye test um in the sense that uh some of the pairings and lines were just notably better than others tonight all that is to say, I'm glad that the energy was there right out the gate, and that's the kind of thing that's very important for the Jets going forward. It's one of those more soft skill type of things that you want to see be more consistent with this team as they look to get better and secure their place in the postseason. So yeah, that kind of wraps up my thoughts for the evening. Uh, all in all, decent game. I was happy with the result, especially knowing that there was an 11 game or 11 day, pardon me, break leading up to this. Lots of trades happened in those days. Um, All-Star Game also happened. Didn't watch literally a single minute of it, if I'm being completely honest with you. But, like, Josh wore a pink suit, so that was cool. Um, And Connor Hellebuck was there also. So, like, congrats to those guys, I guess. But lots of trades started happening, most notably to start things off. The Bo Horvat one, Vladimir Tarasenko just in the last couple days. Jacob Chirkin is inevitably going to be next. Lots of stuff going on. Very excited to see where the Jets fall. We will be talking a lot about this in the coming shows. Brady and I both have a few shows and some fun guests coming up from now until the trade deadline. But it'll be very, very interesting to see what the Jets do. So before we wrap things up, I just wanted to sort of start that conversation. There's no doubt in my mind that this will be continuously something that we talk about on Game Over broadcasts for the next few days. My show, Brady's show, every other host in Canada's show for the Game Over segments, just because it's very interesting to see what all of our teams do. The Oilers show, I know those guys will be talking a lot about what they want to bring in and things like that. And you might have some of the, you know, the Vancouver shows and the and the Montreal shows looking at who they want to sell. Very exciting stuff. But who do you guys want to see the Winnipeg Jets get? Obviously, Timo Meyer has been a big name among a lot of Jets fans just because it's a great fit. There's some control on the player afterwards, so it's less risky than a regular rental. Um, he also fits kind of the bill of that top six winger that would really help with a scoring impact, all those kinds of things. Timo Meyer is one of my favorite targets out there because I really like that player all in all. I know that he and Ehlers have a long-standing relationships, um, all those different kinds of things. But there's only one Timo Meyer, so it'll be interesting to see what the bidding war is. I have a feeling that Chevy is going to be there right till the end, but I don't know if he pulls the trigger if it means losing a lot of guys that he's drafted because we know that the Jets get really attached to their prospects and all those kinds of things. I'm sure I could talk about that for eons. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what that package is. I'm more than willing to give up anyone under the age of 22 um, for that player, unless their name rhymes with mole spaghetti. It's so late, guys. I don't know why I'm saying these things. Um, But no one's off the table. Sandberg, Stanley, Hanela, 
ship him out of here if it means getting into a Meyer. Same with McGrody, Lucius, Lambert, all those guys. Love him. Very excited for them to wear Jets jerseys one day, but would be more excited to have Timo Meyer for the next eight years if, you know, that was the alternative. So it'll be interesting to see. My kind of off the radar, under the radar, I'm just saying things. Um, pick that I would love to see if Timo Meyer gets scooped up by someone like the New Jersey Devils, who are very openly into that player. I really want James Van Riemsdyk. I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, talking about what different areas the Winnipeg Jets need. I've seen some people talk about defensemen. I don't really care about that, to be honest with you. I need some scoring from this team, genuinely. Um, but James Van Riemsdyk is one of those players that if you were to pull up like a heat map or something of, of his particular shots versus goals versus expected goals and all those things, that dude loves the front of the net. That's where he gets his goals from. That's where he gets a shot from. He's... He, he's an in-front-of-the-net guy, pot-and-home rebounds, all those kinds of things, which I think the Jets need desperately. I would love to see that kind of player playing with um, genuinely any of our forwards, just because we do have a lot of, you know, perimeter shooting, but also our defensemen, a lot of them are very shot-heavy as well, so having someone who's able to capitalize on those rebounds I think would be huge for this forward core, and I think it would result in a lot of goals. So James Van Riemsdyk is like my team Meyer plan B that I think would honestly be a very very good option as well. So that's kind of where my brain is at. Nick Bukestad is also one that I've talked to a couple people about. Um, I I think my dad mentioned that Marat wrote about him in an article um, as of late on The Athletic as well. So basically Marat and I are on the same wavelength and are equally intelligent or something if that's the conclusion that you want to jump to. Not me. Just, you know, putting ideas in your head or whatever. <laughs> but I'd love to see that player as a, as a bottom six addition as well. I think that would be an upgrade on a lot of the guys that the Winnipeg Jets have right now uh, and also would be relatively cheap coming out of Arizona. So a couple of interesting names out there and things like that. I'm just going to check the chat one last time before we sign off for the evening. It looks like Justin is interested in Max Domi, um, who again, I think I mentioned this already earlier in the broadcast, but I found out tonight is the lead scorer of the Chicago Blackhawks. God, what a mess they are. <laughs> if, if Max Domi is your leading scorer in 2023, I think your team has a problem. Um, I don't really want the guy. I also just get bad vibes from him from back in the Tony D'Angelo. What was it? watch your tone or what was the podcast they max domi was like friends with him and brenda lemieux and all that kind of stuff so i just kind of get iffy vibes from him and i also don't know if that's the player that i want um just just like i don't see it. He, he's a top six style of player but i don't think he's an upgrade on anyone that we have in our top six right now and so i just don't know how that fit would work in the bottom six so it would be interesting for sure much rather him over someone like jonathan taves if you're pulling people out of the blackhawks so we'll just kind of you know keep that and hopefully that one doesn't come to fruition i've seen lots of people talking about some um uh that jonathan taves stuff i once again, we find all these topics that I could talk for hours about. So, um, And we have, you know, David's uh, in the chat here talking a little bit about some particular players from the Flames and the Canucks and all those types of things, talking about some comparative teams um, in Canada. And Nick is mentioning a little bit about <laughs> just a couple of things about the Jets going into a third period shell against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, you know what? It was just wins a win. We're just going to... Just gonna call it that. I realize that I've actually gone. I, I've almost done a 30 minute show here, which is pretty good considering that I'm half asleep and this is a game against the Chicago Blackhawks, who are noted stinkers, and I never have much exciting stuff to say about them, except for the fact they have three Johnsons on their team and they all just have Johnson on their name bar Reese Johnson, Tyler Johnson, and Jack Johnson. Why don't you have first initials? 
it it screwed me up out there. I don't know what numbers you are. I don't care about your team, but I'd like to know what players I'm watching. And I get I get a little confused with there. Two Joneses, three Johnsons. It's exciting. They get they get props for that because that's it's kind of cool. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to listen to Game Over Winnipeg. We are closing in on 12:30 here, which is way past my bedtime and probably yours as well. So for those of you who uh, stuck around to watch this live, thank you so much for joining and having some fun with us in the chat. And also for, um, you know, just, just listening to this stream. I really appreciate it. You know, everyone who's stuck around to, uh, yeah, to contribute and to listen and to share their thoughts. And for those of you who are listening back, whether it be tomorrow or later, or listening back for any particular reason, I wanted to thank you as well. We appreciate all the support. Uh, lots of exciting stuff coming from STPN in the coming days, weeks, and months. So make sure you're checking everything out on YouTube, Twitter, all of the above. Also checking out our friends at Sports Interaction, making your bets there, especially with the Super Bowl tomorrow. Aren't there like a million? Can't you like bet on like what song Rihanna's going to sing first or like who's going to win the coin toss and like all these kinds of things or like what color of shoes the refs are going to be wearing? Like you can bet on crazy stuff, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you can do that all on Sports Interaction, but Super Bowl betting is like... Oh man, what a masterclass that is. So it'll be interesting to see what kinds of things people win tomorrow. Um, Everyone, please have a safe and lovely rest of your evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my name is Liz. You can find me on Twitter. That's usually where I'm the most active about hockey stuff at L-Y-S-S-H-O-U-D-E. That is Liz Hood on Twitter. You can also find my wonderful co-host Brady at NHL Chunky on Twitter as well. Two of us are always up to shenanigans on Twitter talking about all things Winnipeg Jets. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Always a pleasure. Lots of great guests and lots of fun stuff coming up in the coming weeks. So make sure you set some notifications to tune in to Game Over Winnipeg. So good night, everyone. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.